0: If you can use like Microsoft Excel or Microsoft Word, you can probably start a podcast. You basically just need a host and then you put information into the host, so written like title of the episode, description of the episode, then obviously the audio file and then images if you want. And then what the host does is it sends it to all the directories and 90% of people are listening through the directories, um, unless you have a really popular blog and you put the player on your blog.
1: Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. It's Rick Nusky here. I'd just like to say thank you so very much for supporting this show. As is always the case, it's wonderful knowing that what I'm doing is making a difference for you. Now, today I have a very special guest on the line with me. I'm the line with Mr. Tom Hunt. How are you, Tom?
0: Amazing, how are you doing, Rick?
1: I'm excellent, thank you. I have two feet and a heartbeat, I cannot complain. Now, I know you've taken some time out to spend with me in your busy day. Um, But uh, just to give a bit of context for everybody who's on the call with us, Tom is uh, leading up uh, a wonderful organization amongst many others that he's been involved with called Bcast. But um, we're not only gonna be talking about Bcast and as it, as it helps uh, marketers with their podcasting and uh, all those things, but we're actually gonna talk a little bit with Tom about um, his background, uh, his journey towards where he got to be today with uh, Bcast. But before we do that, Tom, it's customary for, for me to learn a little bit more about yourself. So um, I was wondering if you'd share a little bit about yourself. You know. Uh, where you're located and what you like to do in your pastime with the my future business audience.
0: Yeah. So currently located in the West of England. So I lived in London for 12, for 12 years, for 10 years, I think. But then for the last six months, I've been living actually in my fiance's mum's house in this lovely cottage in the countryside in Oxfordshire. Fantastic. And so we've been here for like six months. Uh, I think we're, we're going to move out into our own house, maybe on Saturday and so then me me and my fiance and we have a lovely little, little dog called bear uh we'll be we'll have our own house which will be great
1: fantastic love it <laughs> now all i know uh you know things have been pretty crazy in the world lately um uh you know is everything uh going well with uh you and yours uh in your environment over there
0: yeah it's quite interesting my fiance has a business uh it, it's like a, a a platform for booking events so obviously that's not going too well at the moment because mm-hmm. you legally can't have events with more than six people in the UK. Uh, but my, are like my business. We have Bcast as you mentioned, where we enable people to host a podcast. But we also have a service where we run podcasts for businesses, mm-hmm. and we actually saw some quite nice growth because people had uh, their offline marketing spend uh, that they were going to put through my fiance's platform that they had to then switch to like brand building and online, and so it was it, it was pretty good for us.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, a it's, uh, it's it's amazing that there is a silver lining in in such tumultuous times. Thank you very much for sharing that. I wonder um, when you get some relaxation, some downtime, which I, I doubt very much that you have much off at the moment, Tom. What do you actually like doing with yourself?
0: I th- I am quite introverted, so I like reading and um, I like walking in the countryside, I like running, mm-hmm. uh, and then probably socializing. So I don't have any like extreme or interesting hobbies. It's more just like reading or sleeping or walking
1: oh well that's that's a good thing i know um the my future business audience is, is made up of startup um, entrepreneurs business owners and the likes and i'd love to share some nuggets of gold with them about your entrepreneurial journey but if we can go back a few steps in terms of i guess your career um, i know that you studied chemistry what was that like
0: yeah. So it was cool. I mean, I was quite good at science at school and my dad and my brother did it. So I chose chemistry. It was, it was good. It was quite hard. It wasn't that sociable. It, so in, in, in the UK, you, you have like these big university towns where the university campus will be like outside the city. And it's amazing because all your friends are there. When you're in London, you, you don't really have that. And so you're just living in London with normal people. So, and if you add that on top of that like uh, my university which is imperial college it's just massive science mm-hmm. and so it was quite like hardcore um but it was a really good experience like got really good at my analytical skills got really good um and they pushed us quite
1: hard so it was it was definitely worth doing thank you for sharing that i i, I know that you've obviously moved on leaps and bounds since then and you've had other experiences in in uh, running businesses you had even a marketplace that uh, Uh, connected online entrepreneurs together with uh, virtual assistants. Tell us a little bit about that, that experience.
0: Yeah. So I, 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 from chemistry, I went to the corporate world. When I was in the corporate world, I I didn't really like it. I didn't really feel like I belonged. So I, in 2014, I set myself the goal of replacing my salary with a business that I built on the internet. Mm -hmm. And so I actually ended up building, I was working in outsourcing in the corporate world. So I I built a team in the Philippines that would, I basically sell those people to startups in London if I double their salary. And and then they would do work for them, like admin or marketing work. And so I, I built that, replaced the salary, left the corporate world at the end of that year, and then was basically traveling the world running that business. Mm-hmm. I realized that that business wasn't going to scale very well because I was involved with every client. And so I decided to transition that into a marketplace. And so I started building Virtual Valley, which... Was basically Upwork, but for Filipino virtual assistants, and we launched that. It was an incredible experience. Started growing it, and then I think I dropped out too early. And we, I, I sold it to a company in the US, not for very much, mm-hmm. um, because I was like stressed, I was overworked. I, it was bootstrapped. I was trying to fund it myself, and it was growing. It was growing, but I, I thought these things grew, grew like to like 10k a month in like six months, <laughs> but actually it probably wouldn't taken like 18 months, and I was funding it, so. And I, I didn't have a technical co-founder, so I was paying developers to, to build it. So I I think in hindsight, if I knew what I knew now and I was doing that, I would have mm-hmm. just stayed doing that for like five years. And now I, hopefully it would have been a big business, but I didn't. I dropped out. And then so, so that's what happened.
1: Well, one door closes and another one opens. so I'm sure I... I... I sit here and I think to myself, um, "You've gone from a corporate existence um, to becoming an entrepreneur, business owner, startup business owner yourself. Um, what did that? What did you need to do in terms of uh, mindset? Did you have to shift the way you thought about things?"
0: Yeah, I think I I basically discovered like self help. I think like two thousand and thirteen, and so I started learning about. I think my I actually did a TEDx talk in on failure. And in 2014, I think. And so that was the core like mindset shift, is that you can still, it doesn't really matter if you don't, like, you should prioritize the learning, not the positive or negative outcome. Mm -hmm. And if you prioritize the learning, then ultimately, over time, you'll get more positive outcomes. And so that was a big shift. And I knew that I was like an experience, and that I was probably going to mess a lot of stuff up, which I have done. But then I also knew that I was like 25 at the time. I didn't have any kids or dogs or girlfriends. So, <laughs> things so change. Could, yeah, yeah, things changed, but I, 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 I had a very high risk profile. And so I could invest my time into things that may not work in the short term. But if you extend the time horizon to like 15 years, probably you're going to improve and then probably you'll, you'll do something right.
1: Fantastic. I, 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 I... I think about that person who's just starting out, and they've gone through all these pains that you must have gone through. Um, what would be one of the biggest things that you would have learnt in the first twelve months, going from you know that corporate employee with a safe income to going it alone? What was the main thing that you took away from that time?
0: I think it was probably what I learned the most. It was I probably learned the most about marketing. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know anything about marketing, and so to sell the, the the Philippine virtual assistance, It was just it was just doing cold email, and and so I was able to to I was able to sell it just based on like my, my personality and cold email. And I started learning that actually, if you want to build a sustainable business, you want you ideally want to add value to people in the process of them becoming customers, which is really like content marketing, right? Mm-hmm. And so, for, for, from the next business, which was Virtual value as we transitioned to the platform, I started. Understanding, trying to understand who the person is that we're trying to sell to and how can we add value to them on the, on the journey so that if they come to need a virtual assistant, they'll come to us. And so I think that, that was like the core insight from the first year.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm i pretty sure that every day uh, when you wake up, you learn something new. By the end of the day, you've you know, you've accumulated some more knowledge. Now, I, I always think about uh, your wonderful podcast platform for marketers called Bcast. And I wonder, uh, I guess, the, where the genesis for this came between that time that you sold uh, this previous business to what it is today. How did it come about? Yeah, so I think what so. After selling Virtual Valley
0: and starting Bcast, there was there was a lot of time and probably like five different businesses that I don't think we need to go into because none of them worked that well. Um, but what actually happened was that I was I was employed last year and I was head of marketing at a B2B SaaS company. And the best mm-hmm. thing we did was start this podcast where we were interviewing our perfect customer. We got quite lucky, I think, because our perfect customer was like this new emerging job role and there wasn't like a podcast or a blog in that area and so mm-hmm. we grew quite quick we closed deals with the, some of the guests and so it was just really profitable and so me and a couple of people in the team that ran that podcast left and uh, and now we do that for clients uh, but as we were as I was doing that job I built an audience in the SaaS marketing space uh, just by studying how SaaS companies grew and publishing my the, the case studies right? yeah. and so th- th- this all this audience grew quite nicely and then I was like, the, the, the strategy behind that was, I, I want to learn more about SaaS marketing because ultimately I want to build a SaaS company. But at the same time, I want to, um, well, one of the best ways I think of starting a business now is not to build the product first, but it's to build the audience first and then decide what to sell to the audience. Uh-huh. So I, I build the audience and I was like, okay, so I, I'm doing this podcast really well at work. I have this audience of people that are quite valuable because everyone wants to like, the, the, the MarTech and SaaS marketing is growing. And so... What is a SaaS business that I can build that capitalizes on my experience, but also would be relevant for this audience? Um, so that's one thing. And then at the same time, as I was studying all these SaaS companies, <laughs> I, I I was I was learning about how how these how bootstrap SaaS companies were growing. One big way of doing this is is you find a market that's growing, and then you you probably can't take on the whole market because there'll be big established players, mm-hmm. but you can take a small niche of that market. And then you, if you bootstrap, you can probably uh, do well. So the theory was that uh, podcasting is growing. Uh, we, I've seen the effects of this in my job. Um, what is the sub niche within podcasting that we think we can serve better? And so I was obviously a SaaS marketer in my job. And so I, we were using a different podcast host to run our podcast. And there were all, all these things that I thought we could do to like streamline the process or make the podcast better that the podcast host wasn't doing. So I was like, well, what if there was the podcast host just for marketers that would do these things? And so then I sent a PS on one of the emails to their email list saying, does anybody on this email list uh, have experience building web apps and is interested in podcasts? This guy called Neil from Scotland replies. And then a month later, we signed an agreement and we're working together on Bcast. And that was like September, 12 months ago. Yeah, I was
1: and gonna so say. We
0: launch,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's only been since, what, 2019?
0: Yeah, exactly, so we're relatively fast. We launched something in May, and then we launched on AppSumo in July, and then now we're just coming to the end of the AppSumo deal. We've got now a share of customers. We have some cash, and we have a, a feature list that is like absolutely massive, oh. and load the stuff to improve. And so that's the, the journey now is just transitioning, like maybe using that cash to improve the product uh, such that we can continue the growth.
1: I love how that you've almost done like a reverse uh, product validation through, uh, I guess, uh, audience building. That's, that's unusual. That's not how I normally see it. Uh, it's certainly not traditional. Um, is, it, is it the only way that you have learned to um, add features or build a product in the past?
0: No, no, I, I previously it's definitely been like product first. Yeah. This is the first time that I've done audience first. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it kind of lowers the risk because you're building the audience just takes time. And then once you have the audience, you, there are like many different ways to monetize. And so you don't have to build a SaaS product, right? You could sell advertising or you could do affiliate offers or you could sell a service. And so actually now we have, it, like all of my time is, is really split between two things. So the, the, the SaaS marketer blog is That's just there. I'm not doing much on it anymore because I can't do more than two things. The other two things we have obviously is Bcast. And then we have a service which is like much more, which is profitable and is also growing where we just run the same podcast that we did for my old employer. But for like nine different companies now, including my own employer, I'm still, they're still paying us to do the podcast, right?
1: Fantastic. And so
0: that's another way. A number of the clients for that have come from the audience as well, right? So yep. um, the audience is there, it's growing slowly. And ideally, it's almost like a content marketing play now for the, the service, which is called Fame, and yep. Bcast, yep. if that makes sense.
1: Absolutely. This is great content. I, I lurk in the background on social media, especially in podcast groups. I just watch and I read. And so many people, Tom... Um, question: How do I how do I monetize? And they seem to struggle with this. Whereas others, uh, you know, it's just just another part of their day to monetize. What are some of the strategies that you could recommend for those who struggle with monetizing their show?
0: Yeah, I think the number one, like, maybe we'll, we'll break down the different ways you can, mm. you can monetize. So I think yeah. I think there's four different categories. So one is selling your own stuff. Two is selling other people's stuff and getting a commission three is selling the attention which is sponsorship and then four is subscription mm-hmm. so I I think number one is by far and a way the best way to to do this um the like the, the, apparently this is the subscription thing is working and it's getting big um, I think it probably only works in a few niches like business and finance um, or, unless, or, or or you basically need a massive audience to make it work um, sponsorship you have to spend all the time like finding the the people to sponsor you and then affiliate is just a bit like the, the value really is like building the long-term relationship with the customers. And if you're doing affiliate, you're basically sending customers to other people. Mm-hmm. So I think the thing if someone's struggling to monetize, they need to really understand who the audience is and then what their problems are. And then you can build something that whether it's a service or it's a digital product or it's a piece of software mm-hmm. that will help solve, solve that, that next problem. And so the, so, so that's like the theory the, the actual mechanics are, how do you go from somebody listening to an episode to you being able to contact them again which really is how do you go from someone downloading to how to how do you get their email address right because once you have the email address it's the most valuable permission asset you can you have to facebook it can't cut you off you know what i mean they, they can't yep. shut down your group yeah so that like for, for, for so that's the big challenge that i actually see because once you have the email address uh, you, and you understand what the problem is, you can build a digital product that's going to solve that in, in, in whatever the niche is. And you can sell it for like, maybe you sell like an ebook for like $19, or maybe you sell like one hour of your time. And actually, I, I, I think the best, the most profitable way for someone starting out to monetize it is through a service where you actually do the work for, that helps solve this person's problem. Um, to actually get the email address, I think... You, you you also have to think about what the problems are because you need to offer the solution to that problem in the form of a free piece of information. Mm-hmm. Um, it's t- typically known as, as a lead magnet. We, w- w- The way I think Bcast is good for marketers is because there's two features. I don't want to turn this into a Bcast pitch, but I'll quickly... No, absolutely. I want to talk about that in some <laughs> depth. One is audio inserts. So you can ver- without, without an editor, you can very easily insert audio to the start or end of an episode. Um, without uh, it, it, in a few clicks into any number of episodes for any period of time. So if you have to have a, a webinar next week and people need to opt in, you can add in a 30-second ad to every episode to so the whole backlog for the webinar next week, right? And so that's going to get people from the audio, audio to a web page, ideally. Um, or we'll talk about the second feature in a minute, where the, where you get the email address. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we're calling it auto opt-in. So instead of having to read out a URL in the ad um, and so if someone having to like open the phone open the browser, type in the URL, click on the form, fill the form. Um we created we will basically give you a blank email address that you can read out. And so someone it's basically two less steps. They just open the email app, send a blank email address to that email and then and then that email address goes into BCast and then can go through into your email autoresponder. So we're trying to reduce the friction of getting the email address because that's the most important thing for podcasters at the moment, I think. So those are the two features. They um we still need to build more integrations. So Right now we only allow a uh, Vapor webhook integration to take that email into like MailChimp or whatever. So mm-hmm. we need to build more integrations there. But that's the, um, that's why. And so n- now that we're actually tying up different questions that you've asked Rick, because th- those, those two features, it, it enable us to take a sub niche of the podcast market, right? Cause no other host has them and they're more suited directly to the type of person that we are trying to help
1: with the with the product with this problem yeah absolutely i i'm a user of bcast myself and um, I've, I've i've used dozens of them there are a multitude of different options out there um are you learning anything from from others that um you might see inside of bcast in the future
0: sorry it should be that cut out uh,
1: are you learning anything from other um, podcast hosts, um that you might see uh, being added to be yeah. in the future
0: yeah we have a, a massive list and there are some really good other hosts there are definitely features that we would take from them to bring over just like off the top of my head we we need to build out more analytics and i think actually i don't want to say the web but anchors analytics are probably the best but that i think is because they are owned by spotify so they, they get more data from spotify than anyone else does mm-hmm. um so we need to do more work on analytics there is something super cool that one other podcast host does and they we, it, with becalf you can transcribe the audio and then put it on your blog for the SEO value but what this host does is they automatically transcribe everything and so when on their like podcast host website you can just literally or even in their player, I think you can search for a word and then that will like take you to the place in the
1: podcast where that word
0: has been said I think that's quite cool um, and so that's something that we we might also look at.
1: Yeah, this is just wonderful because I'm like I said I'm a user I I use this uh, platform in different ways I've been able to successfully um, add pre-roll and post-roll adverts that's simply a a message at the start and at the end for everybody who's listening um, to each episode Um, and I've been able to monetize those things but I've also been able to use a dedicated player on the home page of our website Tom uh, which is for sponsors to leave their own audio ad and that's the only thing that's played on there Um, what are some of the things that the bcast nice. community are doing um that you know that captures the imagination like that
0: yeah i think one really cool one i saw it's not that specific to bcast but you, you know on the sidebar on on your blog you have sometimes like a floating sidebar someone put a player in that and it's kind of talking about if i get an extra commentary on the blog post that's been written so i thought that was really cool um in terms of inventiveness yeah i've seen somebody with the audio inserts have like, they have a hundred episodes and there's a different insert for a different episode at the start and end for each different episode. So they're really like taking that to the extreme. So like one episode that's, that's, um, talking about a specific topic, the insert they put at the the start or the end is like related to that topic and sends people to an ebook related to that episode. Mm -hmm. And and so we, we like, I'm not doing that on our podcasts. Um, but that's like super inventive, so yeah, it, it, it's really useful to for us to see how people are using it because then that gives us more insight or ideas for for
1: making the product better and different. Thank you. I, I'm loving the call. Thank you so very much for sharing. I wonder, as a business leader, how many how many people work or are on the peripheral or even at the core of the Bcast operations at the moment? Yeah, it's pretty lean. So
0: there's myself, and I do. I guess everything that needs to be done. So there's like strategy and all the like marketing or any like calls with customers. Um, there is Neil who is just responsible for, for building a oh, shit. Yeah. So I'm like on the product side. So understanding what the people want and then working with Neil to build it. Neil's basically built everything. Um, and then there's also Audrey uh, who is running customer support. And so, well, I mean, me and him basically run support, but he he does, he's there every day on the most days. And so just three of us, we are right now interviewing our first uh, developer, mm-hmm. who's
1: basically going to support Neil building all the stuff that we need to build. This, uh, this is a, a platform where people can obviously uh, start podcasting, but... Oftentimes I speak with people, especially now with everything going on in the world as it is, that they want to start their own podcast, but they have absolutely no idea how to get started. They're often trumped by this whole fear of technology being uh greater than than their own ability to start it up. Um, how easy it is it for somebody to start a podcast?
0: Yeah, I think podcasting is still it's still relatively hard for people to understand, but I think if you can use like Microsoft Excel or Microsoft Word, you can probably start a podcast. Mm-hmm. You, you basically just need a host and then you put information into the host. So written like title of the episode, description of the episode, then obviously the audio file and then images if you want. And so you just put that in the host. And then what the host does is it sends it to all the directories and 90% of people are listening through the directories um, unless you have a really popular blog and you put the player on your blog. And so that's basically all you need to do is like, put information into the host the host sends it to the directories now most hosts will be cast will automatically send to a number of directories some you might have to do yourself um but that's the that's basically it it's like putting information into the host
1: and then uh the host will send it out for
0: you technically that's what needs to be done
1: it's it's pretty simple on the surface it's one of those things where you learn it once tom and then it becomes like riding a bike doesn't it yeah exactly i'm looking at all of the resources that you have available and i think we're getting to that point in the call tom where uh, maybe if we could if we could share um how people are going to find you and all of the resources that you would point them to to learn more about uh, yourself as well as bcast
0: yeah i think there's three three domains uh first if you want to see how we've like built an audience uh the domain is sasmarketed.io and so that's just creating content to build the audience and then work out what to, how often we can help the audience, the Bcast is obviously bcast.fm. And then the, if you, if you are a business and you want to get into podcasting, then we have a service that does that for you. Uh, that's called fame.so is the website for that.
1: Fantastic, Tom. Thank you so very much. Now, for everybody who is listening, um, if you're keen to become a podcaster, use it um, to build a better business, um, You know, grow your audience, um, build your reputation, whatever your reasons are to do that. I know full well as a user of Bcast that this is a uh, an up and coming winner in the podcast space. Um, Tom, I just have to stop and say thank you so very much for spending some time with me on the My Future Business show today.